Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from the 14th chapter of John's gospel. This morning I want to share verses 15 through 21 with you and invite you to stand in reverence of the reading of the gospel. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him because He abides in you and He will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you in a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Those who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them, and I will reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray together. God, open our hearts and our minds by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that as your word is proclaimed on this day, we would receive it with joy. Amen. So first off, it is good to see you this morning. I want to take a minute just to thank Chris Ashley for the last minute covering for the service last week. If you don't know, I was sick uh, our family came down after two and a half years of dodging it. We came down with COVID. And so we spent the last week or so uh, trying to get over that. Uh, what I tell people now when they ask, do I feel better? I feel better. I just have no energy. I'm good for about a half a day. So we're working on that half a day. But it is good to, to be here this morning. Uh, a word of explanation and disclaimer before I jump into the sermon this morning. First, I'll tell you that I'm not going to give this great theological and uh, exegetical sermon to you uh, on the passage that I just read. I'm going to tie the passage into to something I want to share with you this morning, and I'm going to show uh, that the passage and what I talked to you about this morning, there are two things that, that kind of go together, and that is obedience and comfort. Obedience and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you saw the the title for the sermon last Sunday, and you were intrigued, intrigued enough to ask a couple of people, what is this canine Christian thing Brian was going to preach about? And only if you were at Faith Chapel three weeks ago do you know what this sermon is about. I I wrote this sermon to preach at Faith Memorial Chapel in uh, Cedar Mountain, North Carolina. It's a tradition that the senior pastor from Buncombe Street preaches there every summer. And I've been blessed to do that. And when I preach up there, I like to, to preach something that's kind of fun and kind of it's fitting for a very ecumenical group of people. There are Methodists and Baptists and Episcopalians and Lutherans and everybody up there. And so I try to, try to find something that I think will speak to all of us. And so that's what I did. And so if you look at the title of the sermon, you're probably wondering, what is this sermon about? Why is he going to talk about dogs? Now, before we jump into it, I need to know how many of you have dogs. Some of you have, raise your hand high. Well, what about cats? Yeah, bless your hearts. <laughs> bless your hearts. I uh, not not a cat person for whatever reason. 
And to be honest with you, I was not a dog person until late in life. I was a late convert to dog lover. It was 33 years. I was 33 years old when I first decided I liked dogs. Up until that point, I cared nothing about dogs, didn't want to be around dogs, had nothing to do with dogs. And then I remember specifically, we were in New Ellington, South Carolina. We were serving a church. It was a Sunday morning. We get back to the parsonage for lunch, and Jennifer and Bryson said, we've got a surprise. I was like, okay, what surprise is that? One of our church members just told us about a free golden retriever uh, the breeder has finished breeding her, and she would like to give that dog to a family for free. I stood there for a second. Again, I haven't been converted yet. My heart hadn't been strangely warmed yet. And so I said, okay, what's the deal with this dog? Well, it's free. Okay, it's free. So where do we have to go? We have to go to Hartsville, South Carolina, to get it. Now, let me tell you about free dogs. There is no such thing as a free dog. Dogs cost money. You have to buy all this stuff for them, especially if you've never had one. And so we drove to Hartsville and we picked up our first golden retriever, Sammy. Sammy was an older dog and she was a beautiful dog and, and we loved on Sammy and she was with our family for several years. And then she passed away and we thought, I thought, you know, this is, we're not going to have a dog anymore. <laughs> Shame on me for thinking that. Well, then a month, my girls had found uh, another dog for us. We went back to Hartsville and we got... Wilson, who is Sammy's great-great-grandson. And so here we are with our second golden retriever. He's a puppy. He's 12 weeks old. You learn a lot from a puppy, don't you? You learn a lot from a puppy. And so we kept Wilson. Wilson was our family dog for 12 years. Wilson passed away this past May. And so here we are. We, we lost this, this family member, right? If you've got a dog, that is, they become part of the family. And so Wilson passed away, and in the back of my mind, again, I'm thinking, we're not going to have a dog for a while. Maybe we're finished with dogs. Again, my girls reminded me that we were not finished with dogs. And so a month after Sammy passed away, we went and picked up the newest member to the Gilmer family, Murphy. Murphy today is 12 weeks old. We've had him for the last four or five weeks. He is another golden retriever puppy. Again, if you have had a puppy before, you learn a lot. And in 12 years, you forget a lot about puppies, don't you? I forgot how much work they were. But we got Murphy now. Murphy's great. And so you're probably thinking, where's Brian going with all this? Well, I've been looking at Murphy, been spending time with him, a lot of time with him last week. And questions come to my mind. Like, what is it about dogs that evokes such a positive response to us human beings? What is it about dogs that provide us so much comfort and reassurance? How is it that these animals love us so unconditionally? Now, I don't have the answers to all those questions. But I did come up with something several weeks ago as I was playing with this puppy, as I was reading some things, I thought about all the things that we learned from our dogs. I actually had an article that I'd saved about five years ago. I pulled it out, and it was a list of things that we learned from our dogs. And I was reading over that list, and I was like, you know what? All of these things that they're sharing in this article are things that if we applied them to our lives, especially our lives as Christians, as followers of Jesus, the church and the world would be a lot better place. And so I came up with this canine Christian deal. 
Now, here's how I'll define canine Christians for you. There are people who are committed and loyal to Jesus Christ and allow the Spirit to work through them to bring comfort and joy to all those around them. So what would it look like? What would happen if the church were filled with followers of Jesus who followed the lead, uh, the, the lead of their four-legged friends and, and put some of the things we learn from them into practice in our lives? So for a few moments, I want to share some things we learn from our dogs that maybe we humans need to pay more attention to. Because if we paid more attention to them and added these things into our lives, maybe we would be better, the church would be better, the world would be better. So you ready? Things we learn from our dogs that we as followers of Jesus need to do. First and foremost, dogs teach us that we are to greet one another with enthusiasm and excitement. If you've ever left your dog for any short period of time and you come back, dogs go crazy, don't they? When they see their owner, they, they, their ta tails are wagging and they're, they're jumping up and down, they're cutting circles around there. Everybody loves to feel wanted, don't they? And, and our dogs know how to make us feel wanted and loved. It's like, you're home, I'm so glad to see you. Won't you play with me? And they don't even have to say words, they just do that, right? What if in the church we greeted everyone? and made them feel welcome and loved? What if we greeted everyone on Sunday morning with the same energy and enthusiasm that our dogs greet us with when we come into the house? What if we showed that much love to one another? Wouldn't the church be a better place? Wouldn't the world be a better place? So the second thing the dogs teach us is that if you really want a happy life, then each and every day you've got to run around and play. When's the last time some of you ran around and played? Had a good time? That's not good. Everybody's phones are about to go off with a weather announcement. Run around, play. Physical exercise, physical activity. That's what we as human beings need, right? To stay healthy and energetic. We can't be the, the disciples and followers of Jesus that we're called to be if our lives, if our, our health is run down and, and we're, we're not taking care of ourselves. Dogs teach us to run around and play, right? To have a good time. They also teach us that after you run around and play, it is okay to drink a lot of water and take a nap. Right? When was the last time you really slowed down or, or relaxed and, and enjoyed life? When was the last time that you stopped and took a time out from the busyness and the craziness of your life and, and just unplugged and, and, and just, just was there, just relaxed? We actually have a word for that, like a, a biblical word. It's called Sabbath. Sabbath rest. When, when's the last time you had Sabbath rest? That rest that, that re-energizes you and, and gives you the energy to push on and, and be what God's calling you to be. The next thing, and this is probably my favorite thing that dogs teach us, is that when life gets you wet, shake it off and move on. I'll never forget, I, I was having a bad day and I, I, we were in Aiken County and I was talking to, to one of our church members and he was asking me what was wrong and I was like, well, let me just give you the list of things that are wrong. He said, you know what you need to do? You need to go home and wash your dog. I just looked at him. It's like, you are crazy. Why do I need to go wash my dog? I'm telling you what kind of a bad day I've had. He said, think about it. When you wash a dog, when you put water on a dog, what is the first thing that dog does? Shakes it off, doesn't he? 
He he shakes that water off. He he doesn't let it stay on him. He doesn't stand around and complain and whine and feel sorry for himself. He just shakes it off and goes on. Isn't that what we should do? I've told you before, we're all going to go through adversities in life and storms in life, and when storms come, we need to shake those storms off and move on with our lives. Dogs teach us that no matter how harshly they've been scolded, don't pout, run back, and make friends. You, you can fuss at a dog, and in a few minutes, they come running back like nothing ever happened, don't they? They don't hold grudges. They don't keep score of offenses. They, they don't care about our faults. They, they love us because we care for them. Sometimes us human beings get that totally backwards there, right? We carry grudges. We don't overlook faults. We don't look for the best in everybody. We take offense to everything anybody says to us. If there's a problem, we need to take care of it with the other person. Life's too short to walk around holding grudges. Shake it off. Probably one of the most important things dogs teach us is to be loyal. Loyalty is a good thing. And it's kind of fallen on hard times, hasn't it? If you look up that word loyalty, loyalty is the act of binding yourself to something or someone. Loyalty is a critical element, I think, in discipleship. We're supposed to be tied to one another, but more importantly, we're supposed to be tied to God. We're supposed to be loyal to God. Loyal to those around us. Dogs teach us that when you're happy, dance around. When I feed Murphy, he's got this thing he does. His tail starts wagging, then he starts circles. Circle, circle, circle. He cannot be still. He is so excited. When's the last time we stopped what we were doing and gave thanks to God for all the blessings He's bestowed upon us? Again, we get so caught up in life that sometimes we forget to celebrate. We forget to dance around and act happy. Count your blessings. God has blessed us in tremendous ways. And we need to thank Him for that. Dogs teach us that when someone's having a bad day, the best thing you can do is just sit beside them. Again, we all have bad days, don't we? Our family, our friends, our coworkers, our church family, we have bad days. And people always say, well, I don't know what to say when somebody's having a bad day. I always say you don't have to say anything. You just have to be there. I call it ministry of presence. And dogs do ministry of presence better than anybody I know. Just sitting with someone that's having a tough time. And just being there, letting them know that you care and love them. Last thing, dogs teach us that when it's in our best interest, we need to practice obedience. Listen to your master, right? Same goes for us as followers of Jesus. Jesus says this this way, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There are no commandments greater than these. For three years, the disciples have been traveling around with Jesus. And they'd experienced some incredible things, right? They had learned something about love and, and affirmation and friendship and ministry and acceptance and patience and humility. And now Jesus was about to leave them and he gives them some parting words, some last things to obey. Not only does he give them something to obey, he says, I'm going to give you someone to come along beside you, to comfort you, to remind you of all I've said to you. The Holy Spirit. I think the challenge for us is to remember those words of preparation that 
that, that, that Jesus gave the disciples, but also it would do us good to pay attention to those four-legged friends we have, to the things that they teach us each and every day. We'd probably be a little bit more humble, a little bit more loving, a little bit more grateful, more joyful, kind-hearted, probably be a little bit more obedient if we paid attention. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we did some of those things? Wouldn't the church be a better place? Wouldn't our families be a better place? Our communities? Canine Christians. Things we learn from our dogs. Things that we can put in practice each and every day. Amen.